Hey friends, this is Andy Storch and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020 and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for an interview with my new friend, Cindy Hurley Leistert. And Cindy is an independent HR coach and consultant. Uh, with a lot of experience uh, in HR from large companies and different continents, starting in Germany, moving to the US, and now coming to us from Australia. So, Cindy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Andy. Thanks. Happy um, to he- be here. Yeah, great to have you on. And uh, we've been chatting for a little while, and it looks like we've got people joining us on the LinkedIn live feed uh, from different continents as well UK, Canada, Philadelphia. Awesome. Uh, so, Cindy, I uh, I probably didn't do a very good job of introducing you there. So maybe uh, I'd love to have you share a little bit of your background and how you got to where you are today. Sure. So welcome, everyone. My name is Cindy Harley Lester, and I've actually just yeah been a coach and consultant full time since 2019, and that's where I made um, yeah a tough and bold decision to leave um, the company that I love. It's a big multinational BSF. I've worked there for 12 years in different roles, recruiting, project management. And in the last five years, I've been the head of HR for um, legal tax and IP. And they also sent me to the US as an expat. And yeah, and then, you know, life kicked in. I've always had this idea of becoming an entrepreneur female entrepreneur and also spending more time in Australia, like being totally independent of my time and my work. And last year I had the opportunity to, yeah, just make that, that bold move. And I did, and it's exciting. It's, it's a journey. So here I am. That's and cool. this is how well, I met you, I guess. So this whole yeah, experience. Yeah. Yes. We, I think we yeah. um, share passions for different things or, you know, similar things. I'm big on entrepreneurship and running a business, love traveling and exploring the world. And I love yoga as well. And I think you, I saw in your bio, you're also becoming a yoga certified. If you work in talent development, you know that your job has become more important than ever. The problem is there's so much uncertainty and noise out in the business world and things are changing so fast. 
it's hard to know where to go and what tools and resources to use to solve your problems. That's why I recently launched the Talent Development Think Tank community as a central and safe place to access information, ask questions, and talk with other L&D professionals like you so that you can achieve your goals and accelerate your career. Join today to get instant access to our online platform and community of ambitious, helpful talent development professionals who understand your world and can help you solve your problems. Right now, I'm offering 25% off the subscription price to podcast listeners. Just go to talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT for 25% off. That's talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT. Thanks, and on to the episode. Slide instructor as well. Yeah, I actually, I, that's, that was, it's, it's funny how things come together. I actually did a yoga teacher training 10 years ago mm. and I've always like, I even taught a little bit, but then, you know, like with a big job and three kids and I had to like, yeah, shift my priorities. So now I'm excited to integrate that into, I already, I already actually am integrating mindfulness balancing approach into my coaching and into my consulting work yeah and I think we also met through because when I was in the U.S. I like I, I want to get more out of the HR world right so yeah. um, I was invited to a, to a, like a meeting of HR business partners that Josh Burson hosted in Manhattan oh. um, at IBM with Diane Gerson and other senior HR business partners for his academy when he put together content yeah. on what HR business partners capabilities need to be. So, right. and yeah, then we blocked around that. So that, yeah, that, that, um, I think that, that was a connection. Very cool. Yeah. Josh Burson, of course, huge name in the HR space and founder of the Burson Academy. He's been on this podcast. If you're an HR practitioner and fan. If you haven't listened to that, make sure you dig back into the archives and find my interview with Josh Burson from a few months ago. He also gave the opening keynote at our conference, the Talent Development Think Tank that just happened back in January 2020. And we're now planning the next one, uh, which I'm so excited about. And we may have him involved again. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, those nice. details are coming soon. So uh, yeah, really cool. And I love yoga. So I'm glad that you are really uh, <laughs> building that in. I practice every week. I uh, haven't gotten certified as an instructor there. Interesting enough, I love facilitating workshops. I travel all over the world facilitating. I've never had a desire to become a yoga instructor. I'm very happy to just sit back and let somebody else tell me what to do in that regard. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I mean, you still need some goals, right? For the rest yeah, of your life. That's right. So These are new, yeah, new challenges to tackle down the road. So yeah, exactly. Were, but, were, but the one thing I also love, sorry, to, okay. I also love Diane Gerson. So from IBM, so Ooh, she doesn't, yeah. she's not that visible on online. Hopefully she will, she will do that. But just hearing her, like she, she was, she's such an amazing, amazing CHR. And in, in that two hours that I was like able to spend with her, I learned so much and I was really inspired and said, okay, this is the type of CHR I would love to work for just uh -huh. as another, as another shout out for the audience. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Okay. So check her out. So we, I want to get into this topic of HR as coach and business partner. We'll start with the coaching piece mm -hmm. because you worked a long time in HR for a large company. You've been an HR business partner and you've also been into coaching for a long time. Maybe start with, you know, how did you get into that? And do, where do you think a lot of HR practitioners, HR business partners, maybe miss out on opportunities in this space? That's a good question. So how do I how did I tap into that? I think it happened really naturally. Like when I started as a recruiter, I started at campus recruiting. So I was also front end, you know, I went with 
senior leaders of a company, like to, let's say, to the business school in Switzerland and in Germany. And I even did that for a consultancy before I joined BSF. And there I still got to spend time with business leaders, right? Where a lot of my HR colleagues were like, oh, wow, we've never talked to, you know, like an actual leader. We like, we are in the L&D space, you know, we are in this, I mean, back then it wasn't called COE, but like specialists, you know, for talent. And they're like, Sydney, tell me more about this. You know, like, okay, I couldn't imagine, you know, being in, in the talent and HR space without actually knowing what leaders think. And of course they don't like having these conversations and I mean, you go there, you, you know, you, you, you're at the convention and you, so you have, you have more time than in the usual like corporate setting. So that was first what got me interested. Like, oh, how does that match with what we're doing in the back end, you know? And it's always, and this kind of controversy, which I guess it needed is needed to some extent. And you have it in sales and marketing, right? You have it in a lot of other functions as well. But this is what got me going. And I always, I soon realized, I mean, coming from university and like the academia, I thought, oh, I want to, you know, I want to do concepts. I want to do strategies. I want to do you know, what are like the kind of the, the, the analysis. And even hearing Josh Burson, I'm like, wow, you know, you go deep. But I had to realize, you know, I'm more like the, the salesperson. I'm more the front end person. And so soon I discovered, yeah, the HR business partnering role. And it just, like, I think was 10 years ago when they started talking about that at my old company. And yeah, so I had a chance very early on with like really little experience, you know, to be in that space and to be thrown in front, um, let's say of the bus, you know, sitting in a room with like 10 like leaders from middle management, but also to very like high senior people. And of, like I had to earn myself the, let's say not the permission. I mean, I don't like that word, you know, but kind of, like the credibility, like they yeah. you know, no one went in there and told them, Look, you have to listen, you know, to your new right. business partners, right? So, so, this is how I tapped into it, and it was so much fun along the way, but it was also really, really, really hard, right? So, it takes a lot off you, yeah. And this is what I love to do, and I, I've, I mean, I did that for a long time, and, and then the coaching thing, I mean. As an HR, of course, as an HR business partner, you're not a coach per se. Like the ICF would not call that coaching, right? Because you have a mission from the company. I mean, you have certain goals, like where we had to cut headcount or budgeting or, uh, you know, I also had to be directive in a sense. So that was the learning for me now becoming an independent coach, like taking that direction out of it. And that's actually my hardest learning piece right now. Like what I work on with a mentor coach, like, taking my HR business partner backpack, which is, you know, pulling me, like pulling on me because I love giving advice. Like it's, I don't know, it's just comes natural to me. And often leaders have to kind of, you know, leave that off aside and get into the listening mode. And yeah, so this is my journey. And maybe one more thing that comes to my mind, what I also always did not like is the whole policing you know, I never like being, this is a universal reputation in HR. And I don't know too much in the talent space, probably a little bit as well, that we have this reputation of, oh, we're going to tell the leaders what to do and what they're not allowed to do. And in Germany, you know, the works council is a big thing in multinationals, right? Because everything is regulated. But in the US, you don't have the works council, but you have the unions or you have the, you know, the class risk of getting sued, getting a class action. So I always wanted to work against this reputation and like show 
the value, you know, that I can bring. And sometimes it was so easy to, yeah, to exceed the expectations. It was almost scary. I found, you know. Really? Wait, tell me more about that. When you say it was easy to exceed expectations, these are like the expectations of the business on you as HR because exactly. the expectations are not very high for what HR is able to do. Yeah, in a lot of places, you know, they were like, oh, HR is only telling me what I cannot do, you know, what I'm not allowed to do, where the risk is, but they don't help me to solve my problem. And this is always, and I know that's not fair too, right? It's not, I mean, it's a very unfair judgment and it's not true, of course, but it's the real, I mean, at least it's the reality I experience in a lot of places with businesses because they they like to have someone to blame too right when things are not going their way but it's the reality that i found we have to work with and we have to you know go in there and convince them look i can help you i want to solve your problem you know i don't want to create 10 more problems for you yeah absolutely well speaking of solving problems you you talked about coming in as an hr business partner and getting that attention, getting the respect, getting recognized. I think a lot of HR professionals and HRBPs may struggle with that because they're in, they've got the title business partner, but a lot of times they're not seen as that. They're just seen as an HR resource, right? So how can, yeah. how did you separate yourself? How did you get that attention and respect? And you know, what can other HRBPs or professionals learn from that? Well, um, I mean, what I, what I try to do is really like first, like look at the problems they have and then start with a simple one. Right. And often the simple ones, they seem simple to me, you know, as from an, like a talent or HR perspective, we're like, why haven't they figured this out? You know, for example, I don't know, like one of like a leader having maybe leading, you know, 500 or even 5,000 employee and he has a really bad relationship with his assistant. Like it's not working. His calendar is messed up, you know, like it, it's not clear who gets through to him. Like, and it's been going on for years and the whole organization kind of suffers from it. So now I could say, oh, I, this is not my job as an HR business partner. I'm in the consulting, I'm in the coaching space. It's not my job to fix this problem, right? There's a, whatever, there's a service center X, or there, maybe even if he's at a higher level or she is at a higher level, maybe they even have some whatever support system for that. But for whatever reason, no one in the organization is looking at that problem. And this is kind of how I earned my reputation that I always looked at the reality. And then of course, I had to make sure that I stay within kind of my, you know, space and my and not tap on other, you know, people's shoes. But then I tried to fix that problem. And this is how I got my seat at the table. And then slowly you work your way up, right? Then then at the next meeting, you like people ask, they have a bigger problem, you know, that's maybe not that one person or that one systemic thing that, you know, it's a more organizational issue where they're like, oh, Cindy, what what do you think about this? So this right. is maybe one tip, really, right? Like start with something small. No, yeah. And, yeah. And, and don't ask. I mean, I didn't ask, oh, should I do this for you? I just, you know, I just thought, saw I would, whatever intrinsic, yeah, whatever intrinsic motivation I had, I saw people suffering from this and the person suffering too. And then creating these win-win situations, that's really what, what drove me, right? Because in the end, when suddenly it, it, you go through the roughness of it, but suddenly it works and it's beautiful than when 
everyone is like so relieved and says, oh, finally, you know, someone yeah. helped us, you know, solve this. Uh, you know, the whole thing, it reminds me a while back, I had my friend Susan Burnett on the podcast and Susan's a former head of talent. Oh, big, I love Susan. Do you know Susan Burnett? I went to a workshop. Yes, I went to a workshop in New York. For, designing your life for women? Yes, I love that. Yeah, I went to to that in Manhattan. That was one last thing I did. It was amazing. Oh, so cool. Sorry, so, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I Susan was a, a longtime client of BTS where I worked, and then she came to BTS and we worked together for a little bit. We got to know each other really well. Uh, work closely together and have kept in touch. And she's running these, you know, designing your life workshops for women. Of course, based on the book, designing your life that her brother Bill wrote with a colleague at mm -hmm. Stanford. And Susan was on the podcast and we were talking about her experience working in large companies. And I asked her a similar question. And she said, you know, some advice she gave to some younger HR professionals in those times, you know, Susan's very like to the point, hard, hard nosed. She said, if you want to yeah, be a true yeah, business, if you want to be a true business partner, find a business problem and solve it. And then yeah. that you can earn yeah. your place at the table. And uh, that's yeah. kind of what you're talking about as well. Like don't sit around waiting for someone to tell you what to do. Be intentional, take some action, find a real problem that is actually going to help the business. And then you'll get a lot more respect. And that is, I mean, it sounds so easy, right? Yeah. And it's basically, I mean, what Dave Ulrich has been saying, like that's the, the genius idea of his concept. And you like read it and you're like, why, why is this hard, right? Why is this even, you know, why is even ha someone have to write this down? But the reality I find is, is it's so hard in the day-to-day -day reality when you sit with these leaders and, and you hear about their problems and then you go back, you know, to your like, to the like from corporate HR, from the strategies that you're supposed to implement and you, you have that long list and you like, you compare the two and you're like, okay, this is, you know, like making that translation. I mean, it takes a lot, right? And it takes a lot of, I mean, you need a really strong team as well. And not everyone is made for that too. I mean, I had people, you know, even in my team, they're like, you know, I don't want to take care of, I, I want to do this. Like I want to do the corporate HR stuff. This is what I'm excited about. You know, I don't want to solve, I don't know, like the long-term disability piece or whatever right. there is, right? Whatever's causing the business not to win in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Yeah, but the but, business succeeds yeah. and gets rewarded on, you know, those key financials, those metrics, whatever it is. And the more you can do to help the business solve those problems, to help the business achieve it, the organizational goals, the more you are seen as a partner in the business versus just that HR person who does, you know, compliance or, you know, whatever HR people do, right? Exactly. Or even in the L&D space. I mean, I love there's exciting concepts out there. And I, I guess one thing that also was the conclusion that, that we were all really aligned at that meeting with Josh, you know, Burson, is that you have to consider context and timing. So there might come a time, you know, you might have to wait two years until that moment hits in that one executive leadership meeting where you can be like, oh, actually, I have an idea, you know, <laughs> and then you pull out, you know, the newest L&D, you know, strategy or say, you know, we could do and that's what I tried to do. I mean, there was one legacy that I'm that I think I built. It's like a succession planning for the global like intellectual property organization. And that's what I love to do, you know, and, 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 and I took some stuff from corporate HR and I kind of thought, oh, how would they even listen to me? You know, how would they even do it? And then with my team, we, we implemented, but it took like, it took almost two years until we got there. So you have to have that patience as well and then hit hard and fast. Right. I mean, when they want it, they want it now. That's the other thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. So when I asked you about, you know, area strengths, areas of expertise, um, you put down HR as coach. And I'm curious to, to hear more about that. What did you mean by that? How can HR be? This episode of the Talent Development Hot Seat is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need leaders to lead, sellers to sell, and your business to flourish. We specialize in connecting companies with exceptional learning solutions to help them turn strategy into action and get their people doing the best work of their lives. We're also providing tons of great content on a weekly basis. In fact, we recently launched a great webinar series that has been going on weekly with content such as creating a culture of multipliers, gender equity, Liz Weissman's webinar on helping rid the world of bad bosses. We have a new webinar from Brent Snow on decision-making. We have a webinar on multipliers and how to use multipliers during troubled times, calming the storm. We have a webinar from our partner, Julie Winkle Giulioni on developing in place how to continue your growth during remote working. And a webinar from Paul Middleton on the secret sauce for learning in the flow of work plus many more, just head to our website at advantageperformance.com. Click on free resources and you'll find the link to webinars and all of our other insights and resources there. Thanks for listening. And now back to the show. Be more of or a better coach for the business. Well, so from my experience working with, and I work with like the level two and three and four of, of this multinational, right? So and the higher my experience is, the higher you get as an executive in a huge big company, the more lonely you get, like the, or the lonelier, right? <laughs> and the less you know who, like who you can trust and, and it sounds awful, right? <laughs> because it's exactly the opposite of what everyone says we want. Like you want trust in a company, you want high engagement, you know, you want, you, do, you want less control. But often it's hard in, in reality. So having someone establishing like a talent leader or, a, you know, an HR, someone really a strong HR business partner that can serve as that buffer, you know, where the executive knows, okay, now I can just show myself, you know, I'm not going to get judged. Like That's the number one thing for me, like be non-judgmental. And it's again, the policing, I mean, you know, it's all, always a scale. And this was hard for me too, because of course I have a, a North Star in me. And it, it holding that back first and then reflecting on when do I bring that out? When do I tell, you know, and say, oh, I'm not sure whether this is the right thing to do. You know, that's hard. I, said, I can bring my three up as well. <laughs> oh, awesome. All right, cool. So, you know, I love what you said about uh, executives. The, the higher up they go, they often uh, need that, that kind of ear or that coach. And it gets lonelier, right? As executives move up, I've heard this, I've discovered this, I've seen this. The higher you go, the more people become more deferential and intimidated and the less likely you are to get feedback or coaching from anybody in the organization. And so it's great to have that trusted confidant, that HR business partner who can be a true partner and coach for you. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Cindy, thinking about your own career, um, I'm curious, you know, as you've gone through your corporate career and then the move that you have made recently, um, what are you most proud of? What's been your biggest success in your career so far? That's what I'm most, well, there's two different things, right? So I think what I'm most proud of is really making that decision, right? And like saying, okay, I've been thinking about that, like making the decision to leave my company 
like doing my own business and moving to Australia in order to be, you know, in control of my time and my location. That's really um, in order to serve a wider community of leaders. Like this is what I love to do, right? I, I love to um, coach leaders and high potentials and anyone who wants to grow outside their comfort zone. And <laughs> I know how it is. Oh, and they're, yeah, she's sick, right? You said. Yeah, so my daughter just joined in the background and she's uh, homesick. Yeah. She's uh, hanging out on the couch. Yeah, but you were I talking get, about I your move to Australia to become an independent uh, business leader, you know, entrepreneur is one of your successes. Yeah, and making that decision, right? And that like leading that, like living this transition with my kids. And I have three kids downstairs in front of the TV as well. So That's right. Yeah, so you totally get it. Yeah. So, and also being, you know, like a, a woman, I like guess it's, it's, it's hard to make this decision. I'll leave the financial security and, and say, look, I'm going to try something else. Right. I, I've, I've thought about this for a long time. There's things, and I've moved up at the to level in the company where I realized I love HR business partnering, but there's really like, I could do another HR business partner role, but there's be, beyond that, like I don't, I didn't want to become like you know, like a, a senior ex- executive in the HR space. Like that's that wasn't my aspiration. I wanted to really work with actual people, and this is what I yeah figured figured out. And this is actually also my biggest accomplishment I think in the organization that I left is really making an impact on people's lives. Right? I mean, I saw like from the succession planning where you have everything on paper. You know, it's just names and jobs and strategies you know where will the organization go but then seeing that fall into place like you know a year two years three years later like seeing that name and that person you know with a smile after they received the com- the promotion and the communication and seeing people grow i mean i had to realize this is what drives me it's it's really seeing it in the reality and not only on paper yeah, absolutely. It is so cool. Both of those things are are great. And the impact is, uh, you know, you realize at the end of the day, you know, money comes and goes, titles come and go, but it's really the impact that, that affects your legacy and what you really leave behind both as a, exactly. uh, as a, as a business leader and as a parent as well. Um, you know, the opportunities are huge. Yeah, that, that's harder. Yeah. That, and that's harder. I find. Right? Yes, right, as I, right. So, um, you know, I want to ask one more question about making that move to become an independent coach and consultant because I have built a large network in the talent development, HR, L&D space. And I find there are a lot of practitioners out there who are either doing some things on the side or dream of maybe doing their own thing one day. I find it's quite common in this space. So how did you make that decision and what was working in your favor and what maybe challenges have you been working on overcoming? I know it's still a relatively new move. Yeah. Yeah, it's relatively new on one side, but it's really like working in me for for quite some time without knowing me unconsciously, right? And that's just maybe my advice to people if you like don't lock yourself into your organization. Like really try and it's hard because these big corporations, they suck you in, right? They're like they create and and this is their strength too. But but it's also especially as an HR, I think in L and D in the talent space, it's that's a risk because when I finally made that decision and, you know, I started going out more, I mean, that's when all the amazing things happened. When I met George Burson, you know, when I met Diane Gerson, when I went to workshop with Dave Orridge, I mean, I hadn't done that in the two years in the U.S. before. So this is really my, the number one thing I can advise, like, I'll give, yeah, give as an advice. And it's also what Susan Burnett, right. And the design your life thing, it's the prototyping, like 
don't wait until something happens. Like tap into that space and make those really little tiny moves. Like try out stuff, talk to people, right? I mean, like, and, and also like and networking. I mean, it sounds like a, such an, you know, like an old thing, but really like reach out to people and ask for help, like ask for, you know, advice. And then you will be soon someone to give, you know, something back like this whole reciprocity. Oh, and actually, I, the one thing I did, I want to name that here as well, would really help me. I founded a, a, working, out li- a working Out Loud circle. You know, I, I don't know if you've heard of the method by John Stepper. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should definitely connect with him. So okay. he worked, I, I found him also online like two years ago. And he wrote this book. It's called Working Out Loud. And it's about, you know, like putting your work more in a like showing vulnerability putting your work out there all through uh like uh like collaboration with others and like reciprocity giving and taking and i probably now framed that totally wrong john would you know correct me if you heard me but for me that was what it was about and um i was interested in him because he worked he had worked for deutsche bank for 30 years in manhattan and then, you know, he, and, and then restructurings happened, I think not only once, but like two or three times. And like after the first time he didn't see it coming and he was like, okay, I have to take my career in my own hands. Right. And I have to start building something. So he built his whole method and idea while he was still working at Deutsche Bank and he actually implemented it at Deutsche Bank as well. So he had, had had their support and just tried stuff, you know. And I think then after a while he like really was also took the took made the decision to to bring this to a broader um, audience. But it inspired me, eh? Like an American working for a German company, right? For so long. And I mean I know people from Deutsche Bank, like it's even like a bigger ship than company I worked for and then having this agile method implementing in in the company and like really thinking about what do you want like what is it that I actually like this is a question I ask myself a lot what do I actually want in this organization not what everyone else wants like just getting the next promotion and being you know an expat and you know getting the bigger office and the bigger title and and it sounds easy, but for me, it took years to figure this out and a lot of trying along the way, like different things. But when I really put my head around it and my energy and my time, you know, and there's always time. I mean, even if you have a cor- big corporate job, you can always find time for yep. that. Yep. And, and this is when the magic happens. I mean, then everything kind of fell into place and then taking the decision was actually the easiest thing, right? It was building up towards this. Yeah. It took more energy and more yeah, trying and more like iteration. At, at some point, you just got to take some action and try stuff, take a chance and exactly. and see what happens and then leverage all those things. And I love all the stuff that you mentioned. I'm a big fan of building the network, big fan of prototyping. I mean, people are always amazed by all the things that I do. And it's because I'm always just trying stuff and then learning from it and then moving on to the next thing, right? It's kind of like the, it's the essence of design thinking, innovation, prototyping, all that stuff, right? And not being too worried about failure, just seeing what works. And I like that. Um, Working Out Loud by John Stepper. I wasn't familiar with that. Um, What's been your biggest failure or mistake? So obviously I had to think about this a a lot. Also during this transition, right? This helps you with like, okay, what what went well? What were like maybe even, you know, like I get this gutsy feeling about it. So I think my biggest failure was actually leading a team. 
So like starting as a leader and and it's I felt like, you know, I'm a doctor who like is himself herself a bad patient. And this is how I felt when I, you know, like a couple of years ago, I had my first team. And because I had been telling leaders for years, you know, how to lead their teams, you know, like I had all this theory in place. And then suddenly, like having to lead a team where not everyone is like, yay, I want to work for you. You know, you're the best. Like, and this is how I started. Like, first, I had really people who were like, I, they didn't need much. I mean, that's why it was easy for me to be a good leader, right? Because they were smooth, they were smart, they were, you know, very engaged, high performing. Yeah, but then things shifted a little bit and the context got more challenging, which it always does in big companies. And then I realized, oh, no, I don't, I, 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 I don't have this, you know, covered. I need help. And, and yeah, and it was embarrassing in the beginning, but now reflecting that I really learned so much from it, like about myself, about setting boundaries also. And I had a coach, right? This is when I myself got an executive coach for my company. So that was amazing. And I learned, for example, that for me, it's really hard, like holding authority which in a traditional multinational where authority is still so important, right? E even if you're not yourself a person who values that, which I don't, and that was a problem, right? I faced a lot of problems because of that. Uh, and acknowledging that it helped me so much now, not only as an HR business partner, but also as a coach to understand, you know, these big these restraints that leaders have and with their employees. Yeah, that was that was the biggest learning, I'd say. I can definitely relate to that, uh, you know, teaching this stuff and then not even really practicing it or doing it the right way. I teach and run leadership workshops all the time. And I had an assistant all of last year and I know I didn't um, coach or give her enough feedback as I, I really should have didn't communicate enough. And I made plenty of mistakes along the way as well. I'm like, what am I doing? I teach this stuff. I should really be <laughs> better at this, right? It's easier to help other people than to do it yourself. It, doesn't it mean is. It's not still a lot of work. And, you know, everything, it all comes down to prioritization and, and how you're spending your time for that stuff. Can I just build to that? Because that really brings me to one more thing when people ask, well, what should I do before I leave a company or, you know, before, you know, become independent? And this, this is really what you should do, right? Like gain as many experience in, in yeah. companies, in corporations, in big organizations, because these experiences will help you be a better coach. Like, and we've discussed a lot this a lot in the coaching industry right now like you know could just a graduate become a coach because there's so there's such a big need for coaches mm -hmm. but i really feel strongly believe now without me having worked 12 years with all its frustrations you know ups and downs and also successes right i mean i had great times there and then the year before the year before in the consultancy without that experience i wouldn't be where i am now and it mm. wouldn't be as easy for me so i think this yep. is a big one absolutely love it thinking back to your your time in hr and even the work you're doing now in the lens of talent development learning and development are there any trends that you're following right now that you think are making an impact on lnd well, I'm following, obviously, I'm following Josh Burson's work closely, yeah. but I also love the whole, like, everything around, you know, driving your own career, driving, like, being, like, empowerment, engagement, and how that could actually look like, you know, like, also, like, more from a practical standpoint. So, yeah, I follow Working Out Loud a lot and see what, and it's big in Germany, mate. That, that's what I found so odd, right? Like John yeah. goes a lot to Germany. As, yeah, it's, it's mm. really interesting. But I guess there the whole, yeah, the whole empowerment um, idea really kicks in. 
yes, I would say, and I love Brené Brown. I mean, she's mm -hmm. been for me like really like that was mind blowing. Like seeing her on Netflix, you know. And someone I, I only came across her one and a half years ago, or even right at the time where I was, you know, forming my my thoughts on my transition. And it was I don't know, it was mind blowing for me. And she, I don't know why she's not. In, in the whole German market, she's not known at all. Maybe it's because the translations are really bad. They sound really awful and like it's like very touchy feely, like yeah, yeah. spiritual even. So what is this vulnerability? Um, we don't need to we don't need this. <laughs> exactly. There's not even a good word for it in German. Yeah. And it's like shame. I mean, we have with our history, we don't yeah. like shame at all. You know right. what I'm So we don't talk um, about our feelings. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're like engineers, you know, right. like, we like ones and zeros and yeah. so all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but this was, yeah, this was in, in, in any sense, like being creative, being a creative person, like discovering I'm a creative person, discovering, you know, how I want to be as a parent, like how I want to be as a leader. I mean, not that I'm there at all, right? It's, a, yeah. it's more an aspiration. As if you're looking for a place to connect with colleagues and peers from your industry and find out what other people in talent development are working on, you need to check out the brand new Talent Development Think Tank membership community. Inside, we have members from companies all over the world who are working on all different things in talent development and sharing what's been working, what's been not working, and answering each other's questions so we can all get our jobs done more effectively and be more successful in our careers. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. Just head on over to tdtt.us slash community, and you can use code HOTSEAT for 25% off your subscription. That's tdtt.us slash community and use code HOTSEAT for a limited time for 25% off your subscription. If you have any questions, reach out to me and let me know and we'll see you there. Well, um, yeah, but this is, this is a big, a big inspiration for me. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. I love, you know, Brene Brown, amazing. Um, you know, Josh, other stuff you mentioned really good. And I'm, and I'm big on this idea of driving your career and, and career empowerment. I love it. I'm actually writing a book right now about this topic, helping people to help people take ownership of their career. It's called own your career, own your life. And, uh, I'll probably be publishing it later in 2020. So if you happen to be listening to this late in 2020, go take a look on Amazon, see if it's there. I have no idea. Um, but I also run a program on that called accelerate me created by one of my colleagues named uh, Christine D Donato, who was on this podcast a long time back. And she's got a fantastic program we run, uh, to help early career professionals take more ownership of their career and, and get in the, the driver's seat, uh, just like you mentioned. And the need is just going up more and more and more. I just hear from so many clients and contacts who tell me that you know the attrition rate at the two to three year mark is going through the roof because people just, they don't hang on, they don't stick through and, and really get in that driver's seat. They're waiting for someone else to tell them what to do and then they don't get it yeah. and they, they look for a job and go somewhere else. So I think that's a that's a growing trend for sure. Yeah. Last question for you, Cindy, for anyone listening in L&D or HR who are looking to accelerate their, their career, get in the driver's seat and, and take control and be more successful or move up, one more piece of advice you would give? Well, one very concrete thing that helped me, and I actually got that from Susan Burnett from her workshop, you know, that design your life, it's in the book as well, is really starting to observe myself where I'm which work I'm enjoying, like really what brings me joy, right? When uh, you're in writing that down and like taking, and I mean, I'm more like a creative, like I love the flow. I'm not a structured 
person always. I mean, I can be, but it's not, you know, what I love to do. So I just had this book and randomly I would jot down, oh, I just had an amazing phone conversation. A leader called me, you know, and asked me, hey, what do you think about this? I need to reorganize my team. And he wasn't even in my, you know, like space. He just said, look, I, I need like a second, like I need a brainstorming partner. And I had this, you know, 45 minute conversation. And after that I was like, yeah, this is what I love to do. You know, I don't care if it's my job. I don't care if I get, you know, like a promotion for this or whatever, if anyone sees this. Um, so really finding these moments um, for yourself where you're, I mean, in Japan, they call it Ikigai, I think, you know, like finding that thing where that you're talented in, that you love and that the world needs. I mean, it's really these three things when, yeah. and, and it's not the one thing. I mean, that's the other, it's not that one calling that you have. It's little, it's the actual task. Yeah. Finding right. that. And then trying to create something around it. I mean, I mean, that's, and that's the other maybe amazing thing in big organizations. Cause I mean, people are so scared often. It's such a, like everyone's trying to be in their safe place. You know, it's that mm -hmm. it's the opposite of vulnerability. What right. Renee talks about everyone is on the, the arena seats like no one is actually in the arena and everyone's waiting for the first person to show themselves so but then the amazing thing that happens is you can get in the arena you can create your own arena right and i mean that's what i've really mastered of doing like if, like thinking about what do i want to do in this company and then i thought oh i want to become an hr business partner and then somehow it just worked and i like oh if there's a, any i said i want to go abroad right because my husband is australian so i said well, the, actually, I looked at all the BSF sites and I thought, well, actually, the only you know place in the world where BSF has BS, BSF has an office that I would could get my husband to come with me and my kids, yeah, is New Jersey, like near Manhattan, because he's a jazz musician. So I always dreamed about it, you know. I thought, how would this be? And you know, and then I mean, a couple of years later, I ended up there. So I think putting your like knowing what you love, the tasks you love and then putting your attention towards it and really believing in it yourself. Because if you don't believe in it, then how can others believe in this? I mean, that's, that's, it sounds easy, but I know it's hard. So also if you need help on this, right. If you want to work with someone, um, feel free to reach out, but this is, this is all it takes and anyone can do this. You don't need a special talent to own your life. I love it. So I encourage um, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm big that. on that. Take ownership of your career and your and your life and think about what you really want to do and, and take action towards that. So many people are drifting and just and waiting for someone else. And uh fan of the book, Design Your Life. I remember doing that exercise. I read that book. I've recommended it to people, especially who are looking for new jobs. Uh and uh if that's something you're interested in, Susan Burnett uh mentioned runs those workshops and you went through it and uh she's awesome. And uh, you offered to help anybody who wants to have those conversations, Cindy. So what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to reach out? Um, on my website, there are my contact details and I offer a free sample coaching session. So to kind of get the feel, what does the future look like? How does, like, how could I help, you know, towards that future? Yeah. And then um, I design a coaching process around the needs of anyone who's interested. Cool. And well, actually, this is something that I took from the US, which I love. It's like... Yeah. You know, I mean, just try, like, if you, if you, if you get stuck with the same thing for years, 
right? And and like you struggle with the same stuff. I mean, you need to change something. You need an intervention, right? I yeah. mean, and, and, and that's what I love in the US that, I mean, you guys that, you know, you're just like, okay, why should I not do it? You know, like, okay, I take this, I take this, I do this, I do this, right? And, yep. and I mean, not that it always helps, yeah. Right. But um, so, yeah, this is, um, so seek help and it can be anything. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Awesome. We'll put a link to your website in the show notes. Uh, Cindy, Thank this you. has been fantastic. It's been a great conversation. Uh, thanks for coming on and joining us all the way from Australia and uh, sharing your experience and wisdom with us. Thanks for coming on the Talent Development Hot Seat. Thank you, Andy. That was fun. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again and take care.